Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Touches your life and all of a sudden it goes from I can't to I can. All of a sudden it goes from I'm overwhelmed to saying, no, I've got strength in my life and it came from God. The Apostle Paul prayed for the Ephesian church. He said that you might be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith and that you might be able to comprehend the breadth and the length and the depth and the height of the love of God, which passes all understanding. And he prays for them. I want you to get strong so that you can walk with God. I want you to get strong so that everything God has for you, you're going to be capable of receiving. There is much that God has for you that unless you and I get stronger, we won't be able to take a hold of it. We might be able to touch it, but we won't be able to carry it. And I believe that God wants us to get that level of strength into our life. And He turns up to these three people and declares to them, you think that it's over, but it's not over. Each one of them experienced God's help in refilling their tanks and went forward to great future. Now, everybody here that I'm speaking to right now, you would have to, I don't know where you possibly could have been if you're not aware uh, that we've been in a time of stress and strain. And yet Jeremiah 29 verse 11, see, I believe that God is the God of hope. Matter of fact, Romans says that He's the God of all hope. Uh, In other words, God can't help but bring hope to your life. We are not preaching some kind of an optimistic gospel. We are preaching about the God who says about Himself, I'm the God of all hope. The God who says in Jeremiah 29 verse 11, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans to give you a future and a hope. God says, I've got good things in store for your life. And God wants us to embrace that, not out of some kind of happy, clappy, positive thinking, you know, fake it till you make it kind of a deal, but out of a genuine strengthening of your life. I've seen it again and again, experienced it in my own life where the Holy Spirit has brought strength that I think outside of that, I'm sure I would have stumbled or crumbled but because God was at work in my life and over a period of time, He began to build something that was not there before. You can say amen whenever you feel like it because I just know that that's the case and that's so. So let's go to this first story of this first person. He's very famous in the Bible. First Kings chapter 19, verse 1. When Ahab got home, he told Jezebel, everything that Elijah had done. He'd just slain all of her cohort, all of the prophets of Baal. There was, I think, six to seven hundred in all. He'd slain every one of them. He'd killed all the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. She said, May the God strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I haven't killed you just as you have killed them. Elijah was afraid and he fled for his life. And he went to Bathsheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Then it says he went on from there alone into the wilderness, travelling all day. 
He sat down under a solitary broom tree and he prayed that he might die. Isn't it astounding? A man of God, a man who's lived his entire life walking with the power of God, seeing things that nobody else has seen. But he gets to a point where he's just plain worn out. And out of that uh, sense of exhaustion, fear, his emotions go awry. He disconnects from people that have been faithful to him. And then he begins to pray one of the weirdest prayers you'll ever hear out of the mouth of a believer. God, why don't you kill me? I wish I was dead. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors who already died. Then he lay down and slept under the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him and said, get up, get up from where you are and eat. He looked around and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones in a jar of water. So he ate and he drank and he lay down again. Why? Because he's had it. Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said this, get up and eat some more or the journey ahead will be too much for you. I know that I'm speaking this morning to people that it's not just about how I feel. God is not trying to just jolly you up. It's not just about, can I get to feel better? Can that sense of weight or pressure or anxiety or stress, how do I get rid of that? I just want to find my equilibrium. I believe it's far more than that. I believe it's important that you get your tank refilled because God has actually got something for you to do on the other side of this season that you're in right now. I believe it's more important than ever that the church be filled with people who say, God, I'm going to allow you to touch my life. I'm going to let you fill me again, Lord, so that as I walk forward, I can begin to do and take up everything you've got for me to do. So I'm going to give you over the next couple of weeks 10 tips for refilling your tank. I'm not giving them all to you today. Next Sunday morning, by the way, there'll be for you a printed card with the entire 10 on. You can slip it into your pocket, your wallet, your purse, whatever the back of your phone cover. And then it'll remind you uh, of these things for your life. So wait for that for next week. But let's get into this story together because we've just read what happens when someone, their tank just gets empty. I don't know about you, whether you've felt like that ever in your life, but I know that I have at various times. Sometimes it was the pressure of work. Sometimes it was the pressure of relationships. Sometimes, I don't know, it was just something that I was going through in my life. But I know what it's like to say, God, I've done everything I know how to do. I haven't got what it takes. I'm not sure what lies next. So we've read that. But then God turns up in this man's life. Many of you know the story. The rest of 1 Kings 19 is the story of God's interaction with this man. But this is what I want you to get. He walks out of that encounter with God and doesn't just go back to doing life, trudging along, somehow or other hoping that, you know, I can just get enough energy for today. But he actually goes from there and he goes up an entire level in his ministry and life. Listen to me this morning. I believe that God wants to refill people's tanks so that we can go up a level in our life. 
so that we can go up a notch from where we are, so that we can believe more, we can dream bigger, we can see greater things happen. I believe that right now God's got vision waiting for those that have got the capacity to carry it, for those that can see it. I wrote yesterday as I was praying, am I vision friendly? Am I faith friendly? Am I godly friendly? How difficult is it for God to bring faith to my life? Am I one of those people who dismisses every promise going, oh yeah, but? Am I one of those people who doesn't grab a hold of vision? I believe that God wants to, come on, get your heart. No matter who you are, don't think to yourself today, Jeff, you don't understand. I'm a nobody. I'm not anybody special. I would say they're the very people that God wants to use right across the earth for sure. So this is one of the key things as God begins to refill this guy's tank and I'm gonna take some time and dig into it with you. But the first thing, if you're writing notes is this, it's pace. Pace. First Kings 19 verse 15. At the end of this encounter with God, then the Lord told him, go back the same way you came and travel to the wilderness of Damascus. Now you read that, you go, well, that's great. And we all act like it was next door. But I dug into where he was in Mount Sinai, which if I showed you on a map is right at the bottom. Damascus is all the way through Judah, right to the other end of its borders and outside of it. If you measure it on a map, it's a 600 kilometre journey. He says to this guy, I want you to go 600 Ks. Now, I don't know whether he walked it, whether he had a donkey, that probably would have been the most likely form of transport. But even a donkey wouldn't get there quick. And when I began to understand this, I realised that God was saying to this man, I'm going to give you time to recover. I'm going to give you time to refill your tank. It wasn't a shunda and a smack on the head and you walk out and everything's sweet and beautiful and lovely and it's all great. That might happen to you, I don't know. But for Elijah, it was a 600 kilometre journey back to the first place God told him to go. See, he had, when he left, when he was afraid, he'd gone right outside the borders of his own nation. He'd gone right down to the bottom about as far as you can go. And he got out of that place. 600 kilometres is a long journey and I'm imagining it took him 40 days and nights to get to Mount Sinai. If it took him 40 days and 40 nights, it would have taken him how many? 80 to get to the other end. We are talking here about a couple of months of walking or riding that donkey. We're talking here about a couple of months of time spent thinking on it, hearing the words again that God had spoken. Go and anoint Haziel to be king over Syria. Go and anoint Jehu. And then go and anoint uh, uh, Elisha, the son of Shaphat of Abel Mahola to be prophet in your place. And he walks right past Abel Mahola because that's not the first place God told him to go. He starts heading up to Haziel up there in Damascus. He walks all the way past it. And every day I find for me, sometimes what I need is I need some time for things to start to build pace because the truth is it's not where you are it's where you're moving towards that counts isn't that right it's not where you are listen to me it's not where you are right now 
Maybe right now feels like the worst place, the most difficult place. It might feel like a challenging space. It's not where you are. It's are you moving forward? Am I getting out of this? Am I moving forward? Am I coming into health? And am I coming into strength? Am I coming into wholeness? But listen, Psalm 23 verse 3 says this, He restores my soul. And if He restores my soul, listen to me, if He restores my soul, that means how I feel right now is no indicator of where I'm going to end up. If He's restoring my soul, then right now my soul is damaged, broken, weak or depleted. Otherwise you don't restore it. You don't restore something that's perfect, do you? You restore something that's depleted, broken, damaged or weakened. And if you've got to get it restored, that means as this is happening for the psalmist here, as it's happening, there's day after day where if he focuses on what he hasn't got, if he focuses on the damage and the weakness and the the tiredness or whatever else, if he focuses on that, he's going to say, you know what, nothing's happening. But because he understands it's a process, because he understands the truth about pace in his life, don't make feelings the measure of your progress. You may not be there yet. You may have been 600 kilometres. Now, I like walking. I don't know how many I could walk in a day. Probably 20 plus, I wouldn't have a clue. But even at 20 plus, that's 30 days of every day. It would be a, a big journey for this man to go and to do. And every single one of those days, this man is having the opportunity to meditate on the Word, the promise. Because see, he's never anointed kings before and God isn't taking him out and not just saying, you know, I'm just trying to get you so you're just normal again. He's not doing that. He's saying this to the guy. He says, I want you to step up. Go and anoint kings. You've never done it before, but there's more for you than what you know about. So the first tip for refilling your tank is understand pace in your life. Understand some things just take time. Anybody like me? You don't believe in waiting for anything? Are there any chronic lane changes in the building? You people always think, you know, if I get in that other lane, it's going to go faster. Good on you. Thank you, brother. Thank you for helping me out because you and I are the only two honest people in the whole place. You know, Rhonda, I've said to Rhonda when we've gone through customs a couple of times, you get in that line, I'll get in this line. And well, that way we're hedging our bets. Whichever one goes, you know, whoever gets the front first, the other one leaves and joins them. Now, maybe you're better than me at that stuff. Maybe you're more patient. I don't know. I just say, God, give me patience and I want it yesterday. Pace. Understand pace. Second thing, if you want to refill your tank, is know that God is going to bring people into your life. This man has left his servant. He's gone and found a lonely tree, a solitary broom tree, it says. In other words, he's left everybody behind. First Kings chapter 19, verse 15, God says, When you arrive there, anoint Haziel to be king of Aram or Syria, anoint Jehu the son of Nimshi to be king of Israel, and anoint Elisha, this is probably the best one, Elisha the son of Shaphat, from the town of Abel to replace you as my prophet. But Elijah understands replace you doesn't mean he hands over the prophetic keys, the security code to the prophet's building and says, see you later, I'm going home to retire. 
because Elisha walks with Elijah for somewhere between five years. I've read five, eight or 13. Take your pick, but it was a lot of years. So in other words, God says, I'm going to give you a companion in the ministry. I'm going to give you someone who's not a spectator assessing you. I'm going to give you someone who's going to walk with you. Can I say every one of us needs somebody who walk with us in our battles? Amen. You need more than a friend on social media. God bless it all. I've got friends and people that I don't even know. 90% of them. And they've got no idea about my life. Thank God for that they're there, I guess. But none of them are going to come and visit me, I don't think. Amen. I believe in a church that you can grab a hold of. Amen. I believe in a church where the Christians are the Christians and they're with you. Amen. I know we kind of, we're all, we live in a suspicious era of the world. We don't trust anybody. We wonder about everyone's motives. And God wants you to know you can come to a safe place where you can trust and you can step out and people will be here for you. Amen. They won't solve all your problems because they've got their own they're trying to solve as well. But they will be there with you. God says to this guy, I want you to reconnect with people. And yet the truth is when our tank is empty, we often just want to be left alone, don't we? The reality is that solitude can be good for you. But isolation never is. Give me a wave if you've been an ISO at any point. How many of you, be honest, how many of you go, I can hardly wait to get out? How many of you go, you know what? No, I'm going to keep, I'm staying at ISO for the rest of my, I'm just there. Love it. Thank you, brother. We're praying for you though. The truth is, one of the worst punishments they can give you is to confine you. And the worst punishment of the confining is to put you in isolation. Solitary confinement, it's called. Why? Because we understand that you are, you are not made for that. And I understand that people have been hurt and wounded and, and betrayed and yada, yada, yada. And I get all that. You know, someone said to me once, I'll not come back to the church because I got offended. I looked at him honestly and I said, what? Only once? <laughs> really? You once? My kids at every point, my children, every single one of them came home at one point and said, Dad, I'm never going back to school again. I don't like that teacher. And I said, you're offended by your teacher, aren't you? I said, then you don't have to go to school anymore. Every one of them, when they got their first job out of while they were at that school, as they were able to work, every single one of them, come on, I don't like the boss. I go, oh, you're offended, don't go to work anymore. Amen. You don't have to. Amen. I'm offended by my family. We just don't bother with them anymore. Now, I know I'm making fun of it, but I realise that for some people there's enormous pain and I don't really want to you know, kind of be hurtful here. But Proverbs 18, one, look at this. A person who isolates themselves seeks their own desire. In other words, they're just focused on me. And watch this last part. They rage against all wise judgment. God says, when you isolate yourself deliberately, when you say no one's going to get near me anymore, I'm not going to trust ever again. 
God says there is zero wisdom in that. There isn't anything good can come of it. So there's pace, then there's people. The third one's perspective. I love this one. This, the Bible is like so today. Because we all think our perspective's right. I think this. I feel this. I know I'm right. It's the truth. I said to someone yesterday, I said, we've got opinions. Only God's got truth. Only God's got the truth. He says, He is truth. Thy word is truth. Everything else you got is just an opinion. Amen. Everything else you got is just your ideas. See, Elijah's there going, God, twice he says to God, God, I'm the only one. Mm-hmm. I'm the only one. The rest of them are losers. Lord, but I am faithful to you. The rest of them are rubbish, I know. I feel a song. I feel like you. Thank you for the encouragement, sister. It was a pity no one else joined in that. But Think about it a minute. Elijah is there telling God, I'm the only one. And look at what God says to him in 1 Kings 19, verse 18. He says this, Yet I will preserve 7,000 others in Israel who've never bowed down to Baal nor kissed him. He says to this guy, you think you've got, you're the only one? He said, you've been walking past them every day and you never knew. 7,000. That's it's not one or two. Like I could get it if he goes, no, look, I had another one. You remember old faithful old Abe over there? Yeah, yeah, no, no. I know he doesn't talk much, but yeah, no, he's faithful. He says, I've got 7,000 of them, man. You went to the shop and there were people there that were faithful and you just never saw them. Why? Because your perspective is just your perspective and nothing else. Again, Proverbs 18 verse 17 says, The first one to plead their cause seems right until his neighbour comes and examines him. Listen to me. One of the good things about being a part of church is that your opinion can get tested. Come on, I'm just going to say that one more time. Because, you know, nobody wants to talk like this anymore. We all want to go like, oh, no, that's your opinion. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You feel it. You must be right. Oh, you're convinced you must be right. Well, maybe you are, maybe it's rubbish. People once thought if you sailed too far, you fell off the edge of the earth because the earth was flat. Huh? People once believed you'll never climb Mount Everest. You know, when uh, Alexander Graham Bell applied for a patent for the telephone, the patent's office said, what use possibly could there be for such a device? Huh? Clint Eastwood, that famous godly actor, but when he went for his first screen test, they said, he can't act. He's got a prominent Adam's apple. He'll never make it. Well, he's still going pretty strong, seems to me. I'm not supporting his movies. Hey, yeah, I love the fact that there's perspective. But if nobody ever, if you won't be with people, then your perspective never gets tested. Or, or else you get into this thing of, yeah, no, I'm right. And you're going to steamroll them. 
God says, if you're going to refill your tank, first of all, there's pace, then there's people, then there's perspective. He says, you've got to shift this. You can find all the negatives in the world right now and say, this is what's happening. Or else you can go, God, maybe you're doing things I don't know anything about. I was talking to Sebastiano this morning and he was telling me how many people with the yes text, how many people, he said, he said I'm struggling to keep up every day People are going from the 30 days, the initial thing of the yes text, and saying, I want more, I want more, and signing up for the next 10-day one, then the next 10-day one. He said, it's starting to become like quite a workload. He's got a normal job outside of here. He does it as a person serving the Lord. But it's very easy to kind of go, oh, well, look at this, look at that. Here's the last one. You ready? Number four. Pace, people, perspective number four. You're going to love this one. Prophesy. 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 1 Corinthians 14 verse 31 says this, not taking anything away from the spiritual gift of prophecy that we believe in. But it says this, watch this. For you may all prophesy one by one. Watch it. That all may learn and all may be comforted. It's going to fill your tank. Not taking anything away from the gift of prophecy that there. But I know that prophecy, which the word there simply means literally an inspired speaker. Now, I hope this message today will inspire you to speak. Amen. I hope it'll inspire you to get out of here and start to say this, God's going to help me. Say it out loud. I talk like this to myself all the time. I've been known to do it when I'm walking the dog in the bush and Occasionally I've met someone and they look at me because I didn't know they were there. Or else I'm walking around the house or I'm in my car. Amen. Proverbs 12 verse 25, it's not up on the screen for you, but it's a good one to remember. It says this, anxiety in the heart of man or woman causes depression. But a good word makes it glad. See, you know what the part of the problem is? Most of us are waiting for someone to turn up and say, ooh. And have a bit of a shunder. Start the Honda. We're waiting for someone to come and, and, and we want to feel, you know, ooh, ooh, mm. We want to feel that. But nowhere in that verse does it say it's got to come from someone else. I give myself a good word every day. Amen. Look there in the mirror and go, wow. I was at the post office this week getting my working with children check updated. The lady said to me, she had to take a photo. She said, don't smile. I said, I find that very hard. So I tried my best to look dark and difficult. I tried to think of something horrible. Anyway, so she was a tiny little thing. She's holding the camera up like this to take my photo. And when she showed it to me, she said, are you happy with this photo? I said, all it needs across it is a number at the bottom. She gave me a good word. She said, oh, no, you are a very handsome man. I said, sister, I'm coming back to be served by you at the post office from now on. And I said, Lord, 
touch her eyes, Lord, help her. I always reckon there's enough people going around saying nonsense about you. Why don't you say something good about yourself? Amen? Why not, why not go around saying, I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord? Why not? Why not? Well, that'd be stupid, Jeff, because I don't feel like that. And after all, my feelings are the truth. Now go back to point three. Your perspective, Elijah's was totally rubbish. And he was a prophet. Amen? Why not begin to declare, I've got a great future. There's good things in store. God's got blessing waiting for me. What are you prophesying? Come on. Now I know somebody you know, could go, well, Jeff, that just sounds a bit, you know, I don't know. But I wouldn't feel like it. Those of you that are married, has your spouse ever said, do you love me? Do you wait and go, look, just hold a second because I don't have big feelings of that right now. Okay, here's just a word to the young men in the place. Amen. Don't wait for the feeling. Just look at him and say, you are drop dead gorgeous. Amen. And honestly, I love you to the moon and back. She says, why not to the sun? Yes, and the sun. What about Alpha Centauri? Oh, yeah, look, okay, to infinity. What is that all? Yeah, come on, you do this all the time. Amen. You do it all the time. Somehow or other we come to God and all of a sudden we get overwhelmed with honesty. We'll lie to God about everything else, but we wanted to say, but I couldn't say that. Begin to prophesy, be an inspired speaker for your life. Come on, let's fill our tanks in Jesus' name. Get the pace, understand pace. God, does, God is not saying, I want you to feel happy. It's not in the entire Bible. He says, go with me on the journey. Amen. Get people around about your life, as awkward as that might be. I'm pretty sure that after going, I wish I was dead. And the first person you've got to walk past is the servant you left behind. Where you been? Shut up. None of your business. Where are we going? We're going to Damascus. You've got to be joking. Do you know how far that is? Yeah, but we're going. Why? Because God refilled my tank and He told me to get up and go. And He goes, really? That's a long way. Yeah, but we're going to go there. And, and so we're going to go to them. I thought you didn't want anything to do with anyone. Shut up. I know what I'm doing. And he gets his perspective right and he begins to prophesy. First thing God gets him to do is to go and prophesy to someone. Are you ready? Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you, Lord, for the tanks you're going to refill today and tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and the next day. And Lord, on it'll go as many days as it takes because Lord, we're going to walk with You at whatever pace we're able to walk. Lord, help us to reconnect. Oh Lord, I pray for people here that maybe have kind of disconnected and it's become the habit. It's just easier to sit in your own cocoon. Would you help them, Lord? Just start looking for the people around about, not the ones that'll help them, but the ones they can help. Because Lord, I noticed you never sent Elijah to people that could help him. You sent him to people he was meant to help first. Pray God that our perspective will get adjusted by the Holy Spirit. Lord, we begin to prophesy and begin to declare that our God is well able, that He's going to help us in Jesus' name. Oh, He's going to help us. Oh, He's going to help us. 
Oh, He's going to help us. God, save us from parroting what we read in the paper or heard on the news. But Lord, to go back to the Word of God and say, that's what it says I am. That's what it says I am. Thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' Name. If that's you this morning and you say, Jeff, I need my tank refilled, just lift your hands to God right where you sit. Or if you're online with us, where you are in your room or your, wherever it may be, just lift your hands to God and say, God, fill me again. Come on, Lord, fill me again. I need You. I need You. I never came to church for a, a quick dib and a dab. I came to be soaked in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Come on, Lord, would You do it again for my life? Would You fill me again? Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves. Sobs and hymns and spiritual songs. There it is again. Father, help us today, we pray in the name of Jesus. Come alive in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's stand and worship for a minute. Stay with us, service isn't finished. Begin to declare it, come on. Come alive in the name of Jesus. Come alive in the name of Jesus. This is a house of miracles. Come on, yeah. We bring everything to the feet of Jesus. Everything in the name of Jesus. This is a house of miracles. Come on, Lord. Yes, Lord. So we come alive in the name of Jesus. We come alive, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Oh, yeah. This is a house of miracles. We bring everything of Jesus, everything in the name of Jesus, this is a house of miracles, I still believe you're moving, I still believe you're speaking, God I believe you're working, all things for good, I fix my eyes on heaven, God I receive your vision, Believe your word, all things for good. I still believe you're moving, I still believe you're speaking. God, I believe you're working, all things for good. Amen. You know what a great song that is, and whether you know it or not, what we're doing right then is point number four. We're beginning to prophesy to ourselves, I still believe you're moving. You know, can I talk to you for a minute? Because some of you here will go, Jeff, I'm here with you today, but I don't really understand what's going on. I feel something, but I'm not sure what, what it means for me. I remember the very first time coming to a, a place like this. I could not have explained it to you. I knew that it was God. I knew it was not church. It was different to that. But somehow or other too, without anyone telling me, I knew that it required of me to take a step. Don't ask me how I knew, I just knew I had to say yes to Jesus. I did that a week later. I'm sorry, I waited a week. If I'd known, I could have done it right then. I'm sure I would have. No one helped me to say yes. That's why in this church, every single service will help you to say yes. Christ. Why? Because when you say yes to Jesus and let Him come into your life, everything changes.
The Bible calls it being born again because it's the only way to describe the change that happens in someone's life. You can say yes to Christ. As I mentioned a little bit earlier, if you do that, give us your yes. Then we start to send you a Bible verse and a prayer different every day for 30 days. So many people get that. As I heard this morning, they're going, I want more. When the 30 days end, we actually offer you, we don't send it to you, we offer to you another 10 days. And then another 10, goes for a year and a half if you want to. And so many people are going, yeah, that Sebastiana's going, I've got to keep up. Why? Because when people are saying yes, something profound is happening in Jesus' Name. If you want to say yes to Christ, if you're in Australia, just text yes, Why yes, three letters, to 0488826392. If you're outside of Australia or you want that Bible verse and that prayer via email, you'll get it every day. Then you go to yes.metrochurch.org.au. Either of those places. If you're with us on the Metro Church online platform, the yes button's there for you. Father, thank you for those people. God, I may never know their name. Hopefully I'll get to meet some of them. But Lord, I know that you know them. And what might look like a simple thing is not an insignificant thing. It's a great thing as they say yes to you. I pray for them, Lord. I pray that after they say yes to you, they'll begin to discover the closeness of the Holy Spirit. And the fact, God, that you've got a lot more that you want to do in their life. It's not the end. It's actually just the beginning of all that you have. We pray for them today in Jesus' Name. Amen. Amen and Amen. Amen, Amen, Amen. Well, I hope you can come next week for the second part of uh, these 10 tips. And we'll have that card for you so that you can carry that about in your pocket. You know, I said to Bruce in Mingle time this morning, one of the great things for me is I feel like every message I preach, I have it for at least a week or two prior to everyone else getting it and it lives in my life. So all this stuff here, I've been thinking about that all week long. Pace, Jeff, pace, pace. Because I'm not good at pace, so I go pace. Perspective, I'm pretty good. People, I'm pretty good at. You know, prophesy, I'm pretty good at. Pace this for me. I don't know what your one will be, but whatever it is, I pray you'll take it. Let God build it in your life. Now, cafes open out there. Take time to say hi to somebody. Get uh, connected with somebody. Uh, Shape is going to be happening in a minute with Pastor Bruce. Solomon's going to be online. And I believe it's Pastor Ray and Kate are at the prayer. You can't miss it now. We've got the beautiful big sign out there for prayer because we want to take the time to pray with you. If you've got a need, we'd love to spend the time with you and pray with you. Amen. So let's just say God bless you. Have a great day. See you somewhere soon. 